Myri made it to the mountain town of Gresk. Arena made a makeshift midwife, and both babes learned the infant was born without a soul. They also learned there is apparently a finite number of souls in Barovia, which travel from body to body throughout the generations. The burgomaster and burgomistress recently lost their last living child, and asked Myri to entreat the mysterious abbot for a miracle, but to beware, for none of the girls that visit the abbey are ever seen again. Leaving Arena behind, Myri recovered a chest from the bottom of a nearby spring and found it filled with human bones, then made her way up the mountain where the swamp witch's scarecrows were waiting for her. Myri dispatched them with her newly acquired shadow powers and made her way inside the abbey, accompanied only by the screams of things that should not be. This corridor has multiple doors, behind which are empty dormitories with decrepit, rotted beds and time-worn tapestries. It seems no one has lived in these cells for some time. A hallway to the south leads to a staircase going up, and a door leads out into ghostly pale light. Can I open the door and look out and see what I can see? Yeah, make a perception check. 25. The thick fog that fills the courtyard swirls into the hallway as if eager to escape its confines. Outside, you can see several guards standing atop the walls with their backs to you, or so it seemed at first. Taking a closer look, you realize they are more scarecrows. Wooden doors to the north lead to the abbey's other wing, and in the center of the courtyard is a stone well fitted with an iron winch to which a rope and bucket are attached. (gasps) Wait, that's important. Along the perimeter and tucked under the overhanging wall, you can see several stone sheds with padlocked wooden doors as well as three shallow alcoves containing wooden troughs. And the quiet is disturbed by a wailing coming from above you, and in an eerie mockery of harmony, a needle-thin viola tune coming from the north wing. Mm, We love a viola. I'm going to close this door without closing it and go up the stairs. Like, go back the way I came. Like, I was, like, looking out, going back, but not make it close to make a sound. Moans and wails first. You creep up the wooden staircase making nary a sound as you come to a landing with a counter shaped like an L at the front of a spacious office. All the other furniture has rotted away. The sobs and screams come from a door to your right. A door to your left leads to the battlements on the curtain wall where the scarecrows stand. Hmm. Are there any papers? Is anybody using the like counter recently? Uh, Make an investigation check. 11. There's no dust on the floor indicating that somebody passes through here regularly, but there is no paperwork or any um, official record of anything. Okay. I want to go towards the wailing door. As you open this door, you're hit with the mist out of its blowhole. Avast! Sorry, that was a different wailing door. Oh my god! So part of your responsibility as a DM in Curse of Strahd is creating atmosphere. If one of your players is making too many jokes, try and remember to bring them back into the scene. However, if you can't resist a fucking wailing pun, that's on you. (laughs) Good. The spacious chamber contains bed frames of wrought iron arranged in twin neat rows, like Madeline. Thin stained mattresses cling to each frame. A figure lies in the bed nearest you, her back turned away as she whispers something to herself. Three doors line the wall to your left, spaced out equally. The one nearest you reads, Operating Room. Oh, fuck. I don't want to go in yet. Do I hear more people than just this girl whispering to herself? Yes, the the sobs and screams are coming from other figures in other beds. Beyond this first figure, you can make out another half dozen lying down as if sleeping. You're not sure if they're thrashing around in nightmares or if they can't sleep due to pain. Oh, my God. I look so spooky. Okay. (laughs) The door to the operating room, I can't come to that from the hallway, can I? Not from the hallway. You'd have to go further into this room. Okay. Okay. I cast Minor Illusion to make my eyes look normal. Great use of Minor Illusion. And every minute, I'm going to have to squeeze my eyes and do it again. Um, (laughs) And then my darkness drops away. Mm-hmm. Because I want it to. I'm going to open the door and say, I know this is going to be a surprise, but please don't scream. Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. I'm going to say it's so gentle, like so gentle. 19. As you creep closer and open the door, this figure turns toward you. And as she does, you hear the first snatches of a lullaby that she's whispering to herself. 
The beast dwells in his dark, dark house upon the misty pillar. First he'll taste her sweet, sweet blood. And then she looks you dead in the eye. Her ears have both been cut off and one of her cheeks cleanly removed. And then he'll have to kill her. She screams loud as she lunges out of her bed toward you, her arms upstretched. Or at least they would be, but her arms are severed at the elbow and wrapped in bandages. The other patients likewise scream, all of them women, wailing as they come out of the bed, hearing cries amidst the pain and the gibbering of, help us, help us. You can see they all have missing appendages. One of them crawls across the floor to you, her body meeting nothing but air halfway down. What do you do? I close the door. You close the door and it's not long before you hear battering against it. Help us, please, help us. I am going to stealth. I don't want to go on the battlements. I want to go in the courtyard and walk amongst the mist towards the viola sounds. The banging does not dissipate and seems to haunt you like a drumbeat to this insane waltz. As you make your way across the courtyard, the mist floating off from you as you walk. Fuck. (laughs) Timid strains of music trickle down from above played by some unseen master. The ground floor of this wing is one large 50-foot square room with arched leaded glass windows. A cauldron sits on an iron rack above a fire in the hearth, and above the mantel hangs a golden disc engraved with the symbol of the Morning Lord. In one corner, a wooden staircase descends into darkness, and in another, one climbs to the upper level, from where the music floats down. Several chairs surround a wooden table that stretches nearly the length of the room. Wooden dishware and gold candelabras are neatly arranged on the table standing behind which is a young woman wearing a torn and soiled wedding gown. Her back to you. Her auburn hair falls on her soft shoulders. She seems lost in her own thoughts. Are there any silverware? Uh, There is, yes. Can I take a silver knife quietly? Make a sleight of hand check. Thank you, teacher. What's the math? A natural 20? Mm Mm-hmm, plus your fucking smarmy-ass bullshit is, uh, yes. Please don't punish me. I've had such a bad day. My dog is outside. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a bowl for some water? He's from the shadow. He drinks darkness. (laughs) There's dark water. Without making a sound, wrap your fingers around a knife, Kira Knightley style. Also, Myri has stolen and peddled a bunch of fake flatware, and she knows the good stuff. And she would know if this is real silver. It's real silver. Fuck yeah! Sorry. Consider it a silver dagger. Fuck yeah. Instinct kicks in, and I just swipe it off the table as if a wind was just brushing across the wood of the table, and I just flick it and put it into my belt. Mm -hmm. Feeling so like old Myrie. And then, I'm interested in this gold disc of the Morning Lord. Not as a... Ooh, gold, I can use that for money way. But as a, ooh, Morning Lord thing could be nice magic. Is it like way up on the wall though? It's above the fireplace. Like you would be able to reach it if you stood on a chair. Okay, cool. I'm going to think about that. I just wanted you to know it wasn't out of greed. That's fine. Myri can tell the good stuff and it is real gold. Plus my friend would like it. It'd be a nice present. Here, I got this for you at the Abbey. Clang. (laughs) It's your favorite singer, or god. I don't want to get near any girls anymore while I'm here, so I'm not going to approach this one. I can go up the stairs towards the music, mm-hmm. and then there's other rooms. That's Those are my options, There's right? upstairs and downstairs. Okay. Myri knows downstairs usually means kitchen, so she's a little torn. Can I listen and see if I can like sense footsteps or anything besides who I see and everything? Make a perception check with disadvantage, because the music is covering much of this other sound. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 17. You can't hear any footsteps coming from downstairs, but you do hear the creak of weight shifting as if on a piece of furniture like a bed from upstairs. Um, I just want to pop downstairs unless I have to open a door. You don't. I sneak that way. As you sneak that way, you hear a voice coming up the stairs from down below. <laughs> I ensconce myself behind an heiress. Vasilka, I've warned you about going out of doors. You'll catch your death. And you see, coming up the stairs, Tim fucking Curry. (laughs) He is required by law to be cast in every spooky piece of media that we can. Until we did the there's a light connection, it was going to be John Hamm, but... Worse. Way worse. Way worse. Yeah. And then as he uh, comes up, you are trying to hide, huh? Ensconce me. Make yourself a stealth check. Make my stealth a self check. (laughs) How about another 30? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so there isn't actually an heiress. What do you hide behind? Where do you hide? 
It's gonna be such a bad idea. But it's so funny. Under the table? Under the dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> Myra's yeah. still pretty skinny, so she can get between chair legs. As you hide under the table, you can see him coming up the stairs. So you see his face. Uh-huh. It is Tim Curry, uh-huh. young, svelte Tim Curry, in a brown monk's robe with a painted holy symbol hanging around his neck. He moves with a dancer's grace as he approaches the door and shuts it all the way. Shuts what door? The door that you walked in. Let's say it was open just a crack. Silly girl. I told you to be practicing your etiquette. And he um, approaches this girl and extends a hand to her. And she lifts a hand and places it in his. Make a perception check. Yeah, is she a bunch of sewn together parts? Okay, <laughs> just, you can just know that she's a bunch of sewn together parts. <laughs> 21? Yeah, yeah, with a 21 at her ankles, stitching. Uh, so he was literally making a Frankenstein already in this quest, and yes. you didn't think light on in the... Anyway. Nope. <laughs> you do you, baby. She is wearing gold boxer briefs, but we don't know that under the dress. <gasps> But they're there. But they're <laughs> That's there. important. But they're there. You should know that. All of a sudden, Meatloaf breaks in on a Vespa. Oh, my dream. <laughs> What's crazy is that's not Meatloaf's best role. No, it's the bus driver in Spice World. No. Okay. It's, it's um, Jack Black's dad in Tenacious D. You're not wrong. <laughs> that's the best part about knowing that that's his role in Rocky Horror. You're like, then there's better. There's better out there. Oh, He only gets better. He gets progressively better. They begin waltzing together. Does the girl look happy? You can't see or, her. Or does she look zombie? You can't see her face at all. And now you can't see his face either. You can just see their feet. Oh my god. As they waltz, I want to sneak upstairs. Okay. Is that a bad idea? It's not a bad idea, but it will require another stealth check. Do I feel like I can get away with them being entranced in each other that I could like wait till they're not looking and then go? Like stop and go? Make an insight check. Do the math. 12. Okay. You think you have a sense of when their backs would be turned to you. They seem to be doing a pattern and there is a set swirl where he like brings her around, at which point there's a second where both of their backs would be to you. I flash back to Ren doing this and like one day when we just had it off and I like ran into him and we ended up like getting food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talked about it and he was like, look, it's just like this. It's super easy. And I remember like trying to teach me and be like, this is stupid. I hate this. You need to stop trying to lead. I'm leading. And it was way before fancy footwork. Now I'd be really good at it, but back then I had no idea. And now I stealth. 26. You dash up to the stairs and creep your way up. On the landing, you peer. The stairs don't have risers. They're the worst kind of stairs. They're stairs designed to scare Trevor. Because of Dollhouse? No, because of the house that I grew up in. And Dollhouse doing that was a moment of being seen for me. (laughs) That was a true moment of somebody understanding the worst design for stairs. I grew up in a cabin in the woods and I would watch spooky stuff and then have to turn off all the lights and run upstairs to my bedroom. I didn't have to run, but I did. Oh my gods. On the landing, make a perception check. Oh no, 10. (laughs) 10 I think is enough. As she swirls back around, you can see that she does not have a visible face that would make expression. She's wearing a porcelain mask. That's so much worse. (laughs) Looking not dissimilar to a doll. Worst of all, looking very similar to one Irina Koliana. I'm so glad Irina's not here. Oh my god, can you imagine? Does he say anything else? Like, can't wait to get that Irina girl. Sent the scarecrows there just now. Like that in this scene? No, he doesn't. Great, just checking. Actually, what he will say this is she curtsies to him and he goes, still much too stiff. And uh, he goes, come. Let me braid your hair. You'll want to look your best for your intended. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that reads. So he's working with Strahd, or he's trying to make a product for Strahd to buy. But also, like, obviously, it's bad that he took the parts from those girls. But now that they're here, Strahd not having Arena is good. <laughs> I'm not saying I want Strahd to be happy, but I am saying if it, it stops him sniffing around Arena for a while, I don't mind it. Um. <laughs> We've assembled this girl out of a real trolley problems worth of corpses yeah. who aren't dead. But I didn't make that decision. I didn't I didn't want that. That has happened. Yes, you just see that it has happened. <laughs> I'm the person who ordered the vegan pizza, but they put cheese on it anyway. Do I throw it out? That feels wasteful. <laughs> I get a tummy ache, but I eat. You know, <laughs> this is what I do. I want to check out the viola. 
Yes. Just because I have curiosity at this point, I guess. <laughs> you are in a loft with a pitched roof, unlit lanterns hang from the rafters, and a rope dangles from a bronze bell lodged 30 feet overhead in a belfry. The room is filled with the sound of beautiful music, a melody so enchanting that it adds some much-needed warmth to the otherwise freezing room, a complete antithesis of the whales of the East Wing. A black shroud, much like Ilya's, covers a humanoid shape lying on a wooden table. The music does nothing to stir it. A cot heaped with fur rests in the northeast corner surrounded by empty wine bottles. An oil lamp burns atop a table nearby silhouetting a squat creature. It sits on the edge of the cot with a viola between its legs, grasping the neck with its hands. It runs a bow gently across it with a crab claw-like appendage. It tilts its neck, and you can see it has goat's horns coming out of its head, and another head, shriveled and scaly, jutting out of its neck. Its eyes are closed as it plays its music, and this is Jason Sudeikis. (laughs) Do I know what this creature is? Is it like a manticore? It's not a manticore. Is this what a Tarrasque is? This is a Tarrasque. Is it? Roll for initiative. Is it really? No. I don't know. Tarrasque is Godzilla. I just know they're bad. (laughs) Does he look sad or happy? He's happy to be playing his music. Make a perception check. 17. He looks drunk. From the empty wine bottles and the expression on his face, you can tell he's that weird happy sad that is a drunk musician lost in a song. Am I close enough to cast Mage Hand to try and lift the shroud so I can see what's underneath? Absolutely. I would like to do that sneakily. Your shadowy hand flits across the wall and then goes to lift the shadow of the shroud, but the actual shroud itself lifts up in the air. Beneath the shroud lies body parts, some of which you recognize as your own. No. That's not true. That is not true. Your eyes play tricks. For what truly lies atop the table are chopped up parts of faces, all of them taken from cold, gray, lifeless women, all of them waiting to be stitched together into something horrid. Cheeks, noses, lips, eyes, ears. Okay, there's a big bell in here, right? There is. What's below the big bell? Uh, the... Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> Currently? Yeah. For your last point of luck, a dancing corpse bride. Otherwise, it's the table. And I will happily use that. And you know what else I have? Hmm. A lantern. Okay. He he has a lantern burning right now. He sure does. I cast control flames. Of course. (laughs) I whisper and cast control flames. You know what happens? This is how my flavor of control flames works. You know how, like, at the bottom of the flame, there's, like, the black and blue part? Mm Mm-hmm. I pull the black part out. So all that's left inside the lantern is, like, the yellow and orange part. Mm Mm-hmm. And I move it to the rope, and it ignites. Yes. And becomes, like, the rest of the colors. And then I I put it back next to the guy who, like, kind of opens his eyes for a second and then goes back to play. Huh? (laughs) As everything burns. The bell topples down, smashing through the floorboards. I s- run behind this guy and I push him over. Into the hole? Yeah. Uh, make a strength check. <laughs> you have advantage. 19. I hope he's not good. Is he a good guy? Too late to find out now. I was. You. Uh... <laughs> no! <laughs> I was ugly, but I was good. The pretty one's bad. I was afraid he was the Quasimodo. <laughs> I was the Quasimodo. Was he? Was he good? He was. No, he, he was? Yep. If he really was, I want to save him. <laughs> Too late, bud. <laughs> That's the tragedy. Oh, curse my strength. So the bell topples down from the belfry, falling 10, 20, 30, 80 feet before it collides with Vasilka and the abbot below. You then, in the same move, run over, rush, and basically put a foot in the back of this viola player who suddenly stops. You tumble over as he notices that he's falling. He tosses the viol onto the floorboards to make sure that it's safe as he falls to the ground and hits the bell with a sickening (laughs) as his crab claw cracks against it. The name of that song was Lost Wages. That was just for Adam Quinney. Shouts out, Adam Quinney. Thanks, Adam Quinney. Okay. Sorry, I have some math to do real quick. 
Homeboy takes 58 damage with a health of 26. His neck (laughs) snaps. His one head is completely squashed. The other one is a spurt of blood that uh, goes down against the floorboards. There is a moment of stillness, and then you see the hand of this woman press up against the ground lifting the bell off of her, her and rolling it to the side where it kung, 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 against the wall. She has one arm completely knocked off and one of her legs is crumpled and ruined. Uh, but other than that, she raises to standing. The bell hit her for 78 damage, but she appears to stand as if she didn't even feel it. Also, there is a burst of bright white light <sighs> And then rising up through the floorboards, you see Tim fucking Curry with feathery white wings, his hair suddenly blonde, flies up into the air and he goes, how do you do? Oh no. But he sees me. <laughs> he sees you. Uh, what do you do? Um, did he get hurt? Hard to say. I'll say this. Like there is a, there is a cut on his forehead and a single drop of shining golden blood. Is he an Asimar or something bigger? Something bigger. Since we're on the guy, I don't have qualms hiding this from you. It's really good that it was cast as Tim Curry. He's a diva. Been sitting on that joke for about 20 minutes. Oh my God. What are you doing cutting girls up? What do you have to gain from pleasing Strahd? Strahd is a nightmare. A beast that torments this land to match the torment in his heart. He's searching for someone. Killing innocent girls. I'm providing him with a much safer alternative. What if you had the girl he was looking for? What would you have done then? Make a persuasion check, actually, before he just starts talking. Because you did just drop a bell on this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Game in, dropped a bell, we start talking. 25? The ferocity radiating off of him seems to diminish ever so slightly. And he says... Nobody's seen her for centuries. Her body was lost to the mist and never recovered. I've even had a difficult trouble trying to reconstruct her face accurately. The most I have to go off of is a drawing. But I've done my best. Now all she lacks is a proper face and a soul. Why don't you just fight Strahd? You look big. Adventurers have fought Strahd before. And he like floats backwards, actually, and steps onto the floorboards. And his wings fold around him. Attempts to defeat Strahd have been futile. Why should yours be any different? Um, I have... You don't know, do you? I've overcome insurmountable odds. What are we on, season five? (laughs) Six, but to be fair, the last insurmountable odd, yeah, surmounted you into the ground. I've had insurmountable odds four times that I've overcome. And even when I don't overcome it, I still bounce back. She kind of looks at her spooky hands. Your hands aren't that spooky. Your hands are your hands are regular. I look at my hands; they're regular. But even though my spooky eyes are, (laughs) let's be honest, the Abbot I don't think pays that much attention to the eyes. They're the windows to the soul, and they can see souls. So what do you humans have? Two eyes, twelve. Who knows? (laughs) Many have tried. Better people than you have tried to defeat Strahd and failed. After he vanquished poor Markovia, I came down to help the ailing people of this land to cure them. The powers trapping him here ensure he will never truly die as long as he is entertaining to them. And they are entertained by violence. I met the man. Rather than face off with him, I spoke to him as we are speaking now. In our parley, he lamented his curse. He longs to leave Barovia, to return to the lands of his youth. And the dark powers taunt him with visions of the castle he grew up in, always beyond his reach. The only way to truly free this land from Strahd is to end his torment and make him happy. So I'm giving him what he searches for, what these dark powers have kept out of reach. Hasn't he had girls that were Tatiana before? They've always escaped his grasp. Townsfolk have done various things to protect them from him. The people of Kresk once had a Tatiana reincarnation living amongst them. They drowned her in the spring. Strahd is permanent. His torment delights the dark powers in much the same manner that Strahd has entertained tormenting girls. So I intended to try a new tactic. Make a happy Strahd 
or at least an entertained one, to better the lives of others. After all, if Strahd is occupied in his baser needs taken care of, why should he torture his subjects? But you would put a soul in the girl you give to Strahd. It's the only way that the copy could be perfect. What if you just tell him it's not her? He'll grow bored eventually. It's got to be the genuine article. Then it's just as bad. And why would she say yes anyway? If she has a soul, she's going to say no. Maybe she did once upon a time, but centuries have passed. Perhaps she's had a change of heart. I don't think she has. Isn't there like a Tinder we can just do instead? You're looking at him. (laughs) Your plan is good, but also bad. Your plan is sacrificing others to save others, but you don't even know if it's going to work. And in the meantime, you're killing a bunch of people. I haven't killed anyone, nor have I done anything without consent. These girls come to me year after year asking for miracles. I fortunately know a bit of magic. It's a talent that I always have possessed. So these girls are, are, are screaming, touch a touch a touch a touch me to just like fix their problems. And in exchange, I ask for a very small price. A pound of flesh. Unfortunately, the process of removing it doesn't always leave the girls intact. So I house them here so they're not a danger to themselves or others. Mm. Everything is above board. But you're still going to put a soul in it. You're still putting someone out there. It's not going to work. It's been over 300 years. This country has faced the evil of Strahd. I've felt and watched their pain from afar. I waited as long as I could, more than two centuries before intervening myself. This is the only way to help these people. Otherwise, the cycle will repeat again. What about the Scarecrows? Why are they here? They're working for another party who has interests of her own. The Swamp Queen? So you've heard of her. Was that the name? Did I get that right? Queen is a bit generous. (laughs) Baba Lisaga uses the scarecrows as her eyes and ears outside the swamp. She's got a special interest in Strahd as well. Why are her scarecrows here to help? What do you mean? Her scarecrows are outside. Right now, they're on the walls. He cocks an eyebrow at you. I'm not lying to you. You can use an insight check. I've never lied in my life. Natural 20. (laughs) The first part was true. The second part was a lie. (laughs) All right. I was just checking. He goes over and looks out the battlements and he goes, huh. And then lifts his hand and a shining golden mace appears in it and then throws it and it just bursts through these ones on the battlements, completely exploding them. And then he holds out his hand and like Mjolnir, it comes back to him. Are you the Morning Lord? I'm flattered, but no. Merely a ray of sunshine dropped into this land of darkness. And what about you? I honestly don't know what I am anymore. Yeah, he's going to find out. Detect. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, no, never mind. You see him put the mace down in front of him, and he closes his eyes, and this circle of golden light radiates out from him. And it washes over you and... I wince. Yeah. Nothing happens. Although your shadow mm. runs and tries to get up like as far as possible. Like hides in the corner of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So you're just a mortal same as anybody else. I blink. What a weird thing to say. I'm just right. What you're doing is crazy. <laughs> if you have another option, I'd love to hear it. As he says that, a fist punches through the floorboards... This girl heaves herself up, grabs onto the rafter, and then, like, gymnastic style, curves up and kicks her legs in through the hole and then is standing and raises her hand to strike you down, her porcelain face a mask of no emotion. He holds up his hand and says, Calm yourself, Vasilka. And she drops neutrally. What if we magneto him? I don't know what that is. We build an impenetrable cage for Strahd. We put him in it. We don't defeat him. We don't do anything. Well, here's the problem. He's in one, and so are you. What? Barovia is the impenetrable cage. I'm sorry, what? 
What do you mean? You can see out of Barovia? I can't see out of Barovia. My choice to come here put me in the cage as well. Your choice to come here? What do you mean your choice to come here? I knew what was happening in Barovia. I came of my own volition to free these people. Where are you from? He points up. Okay. I'm not from here. Clearly. (laughs) Can you send me somewhere? Would that I could. But I'm trapped here same as you. That's the choice made by entering the mists. Of course, not everybody enters them willingly. Some are dragged here. Some tricked into coming here, all for Strahd's entertainment. It's not easy having a good time. He outsources the help. This darkness you're talking about. Can I take a seat? <laughs> I point to where the guy was sitting, the viola. Please. Um, he, like, kick aside the instrument. <laughs> it- no! <laughs> I want to take that. I want to learn it. It's cute. I just don't want to pick it up in front of him in case he needs it. Sure, sure, sure. Feels wrong. He goes, oh, that reminds me. And he steps into the hole and floats down without falling. Puts a hand on the falling guy and says, wake up, Gloven. And (gasps) it's gross. His neck, his vertebra snap back into place. His blood droplets siphon back into his head and the skin reconstructs itself. Then goes through the reverse bruising process. Uh, And then finally the uh, scaly head balloons out again and hisses and gurgles into the air. The mongrel, who is called Cloven, rubs his forehead and says, Can you make him sound like Morty? I don't know why, but when I saw him, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, Oh, man. Oh, (laughs) Abbott. Abbott, oh, I got a a really bad hangover, Abbott. That's, I feel like that's right. I I need to drink real bad. Bottle of wine. We're out of wine, Cloven. And we have a guest. If you're interested in talking in good faith and coming to some sort of conclusion, I do have a drink to share. Well, then pour the wine. Let's have ourselves a palaver. Should I drink? Let's drink. No. We can drink. I can go get... I've got a bottle of wine. <laughs> Hold on. Are we getting... Are we getting drinks? <laughs> and did she fix herself a cocktail? <laughs> Maybe. What are you drinking, Bev? The people want to know. I made a poor man's old-fashioned... <laughs> <laughs> I poured the whiskey, and then I was like, oh, I don't want just whiskey. I'll just put some simple. And then I was like, I'm already here. I just put the dashes, <laughs> gave it one stir, and came back. We've, we've been sipping on our first cup of wine. You have been sipping on your first cup of wine. He never drinks wine. Okay. But his uh, Cloven. Uh. Cloven gets some. Uh, you're drinking a lot. If I could, if I could pour, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't want to run out. Oh well, this is probably the last batch for a little while. Mm. Gloven, don't be rude. You'll have to forgive my manservant. The wine helps him play, and I delight in few things, but music, <laughs> music is one of them. These powers you speak of. Mm. Do you know anything about them? And there's more than one? I don't know how many there are, but there's certainly more than one. There is a temple dedicated to them in this land. I've never been, but I was gifted some knowledge from its depths. And that temple was guarded by an order of knights, the very same that Strahd vanquished centuries past. Are they the gods the people worship? I've no idea. And frankly, I don't want to know. To me, from what you're describing, she swirls her glass in a way that makes her feel powerful. (laughs) What you're describing seems to be that Strahd is just the errand boy of these gods. And they're the ones who are actually the problem we should be trying to solve. If you know how to defeat a god, by all means, I serve a god. Same. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you dab across the he holds out his fist for a dab um, I don't think that's what a dab is <laughs> oh a dab with a P oh copy Strahd is being used as a puppet he is difficult to kill but still mortal unlike gods 
If we free him from his torment and free him from Barovia, the Dark Powers will have no tool. Well, then I need to be freed, too. That's what I'm endeavoring to do. My problem with your plan, there's no guarantee giving Strahd what he wants will work. It's not going to release him from some sort of contract. They would trade him what he wanted for him being their puppet, right? That's been their attempt. For centuries now, Strahd has attempted to be reunited with his love. He traded his humanity for Tatiana, and she tumbled over the falls, her body presumably breaking on the stones below. Since then, the consorts that Strahd has taken have broken under his hand. You've seen Vasilka, and uh, he gestures to the now one-armed corpse who sits daintily, poised, her hand folded in her lap. She's nearly indestructible, the only body fit for the bestial strength these powers gifted Strahd. He won't be able to break her, they will be reunited, and the curse lifted, the mists cleared, and everyone can go about their merry. But according to Strahd's past, they were never united to begin with. There can be no reuniting. They were never official, okay? (laughs) (laughs) They were only complicated. And trying to say, let's get back together, isn't going to work because it was one-sided. They must be united then for the first time. Don't you believe that union will be the moment that binds them? One moment of true happiness. Bliss. I don't think so. Because she will never stand for it. Whatever soul you put in Vasilka is going to have thoughts and fears. She'll have nothing to fear. She'll have the strength that I have imbued her vessel with. You probably haven't dated a lot of people, have you? Never seen the point. Not breaking isn't exactly all you're looking for in a partner. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Strahd will. And Strahd won't stand for someone who doesn't want him. Then she will learn to want him. Oh, yeah, see? Mm-mm. See, it's already gone. It's not going to work. I can hear it. In, I like. I, you're an angel or a, a diva, excuse me. I don't know that. But <laughs> me? <laughs> Hands clutching pearls. You're a being with big wings and a little bit of a diva. So I get that this won't make sense to you, but it's just... I. I love where your head's at. I'm not sure I agree with the means. She gestures towards that room full of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to sleep on it before I make up my mind. You know, it's the chicken nuggets that are already in the store. It's like, I can't tell you to throw those away, but like, do I agree with how they were made? No, but I want them to get eaten now. They're here. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Being vegan changes your whole perspective. Mm-hmm. They're just <laughs> other mutilated animals. They're just other... No, no, people are not animals. But mm-hmm. it was a metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's close, but not the same. So you're saying they have what's coming to them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm saying they made a choice, and whether they were given all the information helped them or didn't help them make the choice they wanted. They're just working within a system. What they know is there is a landlord who's got some magic that will help That's make their lives easier. So I'm saying. They're just trying to pay rent <laughs> with their pound of flesh. Here's the thing. If Strahd is so tormented, why can't he just stop? You know, like change, change your goal. (laughs) I guess if you can convince him, you'll be more persuasive than I. And I have a silver tongue and he sticks out his tongue and it's legit silver. Mm, I am pretty persuasive. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I want one. That can be arranged. No, 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 no. She drinks her wine and gives him the stink eye. You have a lovely smile. You're funny. All of this is moot anyway. Without Tatiana's soul. So it has to be Tatiana's soul. Yes. It can't just be any old soul. You can't fake a soul. A soul is the one true possession anyone has. It is more unique than a fingerprint. It can't be replicated and it can't be duplicated. It can't be bereft and it can't be recovered. It is immutable and it is pure. That's why they're so coveted and so precious. Bodies come and go. Souls are eternal. What if we could defeat him? People have what? Tried to rally the people? 
There's been angry mobs, there's been compelled duels, fateful showdowns, each of them vanquished in turn. What about, have you seen the procession of the dead? What about it? Seems like a lot of people who tried to fight Strahd. Isn't there a way to bring him back for one more fight? An army of the dead? My powers are limited. Mm-hmm. I can only raise those who have recently passed. As for the lost echoes marching up to the castle each night, if you can find a way to get through to them, be my guest. But what a cool use of speak with dead. Holy shit. I was just like, we have a whole army of ghosts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I know. I can't speak with dead. You can speak to the dead, though. You've spoken to dead people before. They're not corpses. They're ghosts. Right. Yes, chef. Do you have any books about speaking to the dead or raising them? No, I come from an oral tradition. Nice. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what came <laughs> over me. Something about you. <sighs> Dap. <laughs> Dap. <laughs> um, all right. I just can't see this soul transfer into the Silka here going right. There's no way. Not that we even have her soul. It'd be hard to find that first. Make a deception check. No! 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 Yes! It's a natural 20, um, bringing me to a 29. Okay. I would say that counts as two deception, two, two successes, if you will. That is a natural 20. No, you didn't. You did not. Bringing the total to 27. I'm sweating so much. (laughs) He leans in. You understand my problem intimately. So then, what can I do for you? I'm guessing you didn't come sneaking up here just to drop a bell on me. Right. Oh man, I just realized the last thing Cloven saw was a Bellevue, which is his last name. (laughs) Oh, good for him. Cute. Burgermeister, I don't know how familiar you are with the affairs of the town, but his child has passed. But I I don't really want to get involved anymore. That is what brought me here in the first place. So they sent you here seeking a miracle, and you wanted to see the miracle worker? Yes. I don't like entering into deals too quickly. It's something I have to do on the fly sometimes. It's not something I try to do if I can help it. We don't have to make any deal. I'm no devil. (laughs) (laughs) I love this for you. Well, if no deal is proposed, I will neither refuse nor accept. Cheers to that. I am able to do what it is they are asking of me. If they really want to, they can. And if not, well, it's no skin off my back. Hmm. I see what you did there. Because it would be skin off theirs. It would be well, yes, the, it would be skin off because of the deal. Yes, most, if there was like a young woman involved, because it's yes, mostly. I mean, you can see Vasilka is missing. She's got that like flap that you, you know mm-hmm. like masks mm-hmm. the clavicle the, flap. The clavicle flap. She's a clav. She's a clavicle flap. Flapicle. <laughs> Notice I'll have to redo the arm. You say you've seen him. She gets lost for a second in thought, and then she turns back. Not for a long time. How awkward. As you're lost in thought for a moment, (laughs) Cloven's crab claw coming to try and take your glass of wine. And then right as he comes up, I... uh, You lift it. Oh, man. I'm sorry, I put these two characters together. This is such a weird juxtaposition. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally just changing octaves going... (laughs) 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 You've been here a while. You look quite young, but... (laughs) Fresh mountain air. And you've seen people try and defeat him. Over and over again. It's been said a wizard launched an offensive against him, right? (laughs) Yes. I lose track of time, but that sounds to me like the most recent one. He was a sweet young man. What happened? Went from village to village, rallying the people, did them good turns, and (laughs) gave a lot of well-intentioned speeches. He was able to convince the oppressed young to take arms and follow him to Ravenloft. They were slaughtered one by one. And, you'll notice a theme here, was cast over the waterfall. My guess is he made a quip about the way Tatiana fell and Strahd 
dealt poetic justice. Is he buried somewhere? Much like Tatiana, his body was never found. What if he's still alive? Didn't no one ever think of that? I don't know what goes on in the minds of mortals. But to my own musings, if he survived, and that's a large if, then he is hiding in a hole somewhere. Lesson learned. What if we track him down? Then you'll have found him. With his spellcasting and my... She has some knife tricks. Mm-hmm. Should I roll for this? Yes, you should. <laughs> Good, it's a, it's a four. What do I ask? Uh, sleight of hand. <laughs> Seven. And my... I throw it up yep. and I catch it on the blade. <laughs> that is classic. I was going to say you, uh, you roll it over your knuckles and then try to toss it to one hand and miss and it stabs into cloven. My uh, uh, knife skills. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh man, all the blood! Stab, stab me with a knife! You, stab, you took a knife. You, you, you threw it. You could have just could have passed it from one hand to the other. You had to you had to get Listen, all fancy Clovin. with it. Listen, <laughs> I've had a lot of wine tonight. I'm getting a little weird. <laughs> burp. I can't make a convincing burp because I burp too much real in real life, and then it will just be burps. <laughs> Let us not pop the burp seal. Dude, pops, burp seal, fucking slabs. They should have never broken up. Each of them dated the bassist. It was <laughs> weird. Was they also problem. got very vocal about it in their like song interstitials on tour. That was so <laughs> uncomfortable, but like authentic. So I get it. Did I tell you that Misery Business was written about her guitarist at the time when she was 16 by Paramore? Oh, really? Yeah. She wrote it, you know, like they got famous like when she was in high school. Sure. She really had a crush on her guitarist and then he broke up with his girlfriend and she wrote this song and then he had to play it yeah god that must have been so hot for a little bit other times this i'm sorry this is the widest sentence that anyone's ever said but did you ever watch the npr tiny desk of edward sharper the magnetic zeros doing home (laughs) oh my god no i feel like garrett ward just like sat up in his bed somewhere (laughs) (laughs) something i need to be involved in Sorry, all of my uh, all of my hot sauce is turning into mayonnaise as I tell this story. But it was after their divorce, and in the like, you know, Jane Alexander, like that whole bit, they just got awkwardly quiet and looked at each other for a while until finally she was like, "Good morning, everyone." They're like, "Good morning, good morning, man. It's so good to be here." <laughs> With his magic and my knife skills, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're so good at Foley, Thanks. Trevor. <laughs> Thanks, bud. It's from being 11 and thinking I could make the wind blow harder. Oh my god, you're Kvolf. <laughs> uh, if only. If only and also, please God, no. I know. I wish she didn't write it so every girl wanted to bone him. Yeah. It's a little grating. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't like a female teacher who was also like Kvolf. <laughs> Archie Andrews style. After the Fullerian chapters, when he's like, and uh, then I fucked. And then yeah, I fucked I know, everyone. I and know. everyone fucked me, and they wanted to, but I was only in love with one girl, but I fucked. Fucked a lot. <laughs> like a lot. Do you remember my mom and dad? Do you remember how much they liked to fuck? I liked to fuck like my mom and dad liked to fuck. <laughs> dude that whole book the whole first part of that book is him being like if there's one thing i want you to remember about my mom and dad is that they boned all the time so you propose this combo and the episode says you have your plans and i have mine let me know if while you search for this wizard you come across a soul but you don't want a soul you want the soul i don't mean a soul i meant the soul specifically i was being you know trite or not trite, mm. but the other thing. What about this swamp woman? She's the other big power, right? Bubbly Saga? She's interested. I don't know exactly what her machinations are. But she's not an enemy of Strahd. Oh, she wants to help you because you're trying to please Strahd. Mm, got it. She's a being of pure evil. I am a being of pure good. We don't see eye to eye. She looks at this, like, sewn-together woman. Pure good. I only give people what they want. No, you give people what you want in exchange for what they think they want. Potato, potato. It's not how that goes. I'm not from here. (laughs) Everyone drink. (laughs) After enough time, what I want is what people want. Pure good, baby. 
Hmm. I hate that that makes sense to me, but I still don't believe it's going to work. I'm here to cure the maladies of this land. Strahd is a tumor in the Valley of Barovia. Isn't there some sort of, like, magical sword in a lake I could just go get? Last I heard, it wasn't in a lake. The dragon's house in hands once clean, now corrupted. Does that mean anything to you? Let's have this guy who's super good at insight make an insight check, shall we? Is that you? (laughs) That is a thought I had. Natural one. Not fucking with you. Are you serious? Natural one. That's crazy. Well, make him use his luck. He doesn't have luck. Trevor. He doesn't have a luck and you're out of luck to give. Even with a natural one, I think he knows. Roll Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Here's the backup. Here's The backup is a history check. He's been here for a hundred years. Hands once clean and now corrupted. That could be anyone in Barovia. But who has Dragon's House? The Order of the Silver Dragon. They must have had an outpost in this valley. If you find that, perhaps that'll lead you to your sword. Who told you it was there? A spooky witch. Checks out. Do you only make deals when people make deals with you? Sorry to get personal. Make a persuasion check. I am just curious. 28. I do ask in a nice way. It's not like a threat. Yeah. I will heal them without waiting to be asked. But as far as the girls to which you were alluding, they all came here seeking something. And I gave it to them in exchange for what I needed for material are you in direct opposition to these bad... I'm almost done talking to you. This has been really helpful and nice. And honestly, I haven't talked to anyone who hasn't been terrified completely. So it's been sort of relaxing to pretend that this terrible force that's affecting how we live our lives and whether we can go outside or not is not there. And that's not a metaphor <laughs> for anything. Do what's important to you. Get vaccinated. <laughs> Vote in the recall election. Again, I'm I'm having a good time. I don't mean to cry but are you in direct opposition to those powers the powers that manipulate strahd yeah absolutely you never thought of taking power from them and fighting strahd with it could that work of course not why their whole deal is manipulating people into corrupting them that's how they find delight any power that they would give me it would just be an opportunity to send me into depravity But their influence is inherently malicious. (laughs) Inherently ma. Malicious. Myri gets up slowly. Cloven. She hands him the rest of her wine glass. (laughs) He uh, is not suspecting it. Clatters it with his uh, crab claw. Let's make a dex check. Natural one. (laughs) He uh, and like pinches at it with his crab claws. It falls below and shatters on the bell. Oh man. And that's my cue to go. Thank you so much for your time and your company. The pleasure was all yours. She smiles. And then goes, I don't know what's coming over me. I gotta go. Uh, the scarecrows are gone, right? The ones that I saw I took care of. I'm guessing whatever remained would have taken the hint. Mm. That's good to know. Was Bosco scared? Are you asking the abbot? I'm asking God. I don't think Bosco noticed. I think Bosco heard and then like saw some feathers drip by and like <laughs> tried to catch them in his mouth. He's tr- he's trying to get it, but his his breath from his nose kept blowing it up further and he couldn't get it. And he looks so cute. Uh, I give him a little salute and I go downstairs uh, and I walk out. Is my shadow with me now? I think your shadow picked up the shadow of the wine bottle and guzzled whatever was left inside of it and threw it over its shoulder uh, and then like skirted out the back, jumped down into the hole and then met up with you on the other side. Wow. What a dick. So Cloven goes back to pour himself a glass of wine in a new, in a fresh glass and the bottle is empty. Oh, can't, 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 I can't even get a drink around here. Bosco, are you bad? Yeah, <laughs> she bets him. <laughs> he feels quite cold. <laughs> like a woman's hands. <laughs> I go to where Dag and Arena are staying. Yeah, they're down at the Burgermaster's house. It's only did, been like maybe an hour and a half. Did Burgmast recognize Arena as Tatiana? The Burgermaster? Mm-hmm. No. Great. no. The Burgermaster recognized Arena as having been bitten by Bid, a vampire. Bit. <laughs> 
Just wanted to clarify. Of I which knew that. there is one major one. But not one major girl walking around with a vampire bite, right? Like, that's a thing that could have happened. I think, yeah. I, yes. It's rare, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, not every common. day that they come through the gates of Kresk. That is certainly yeah. rare. Um, yeah. Cool. I go back to the Burgomaster's house where Dag is. I think the Burgomaster himself has gone to bed. Anna is still up. The the mother who just gave birth is uh, has fallen asleep with her babe cradled in her arms. Dag is nodding off in an, a chair uh, with his head on a pig that is somehow gotten up onto a table, but is still alive. There is no apple in its mouth, and Arena like starts up out of a chair when you enter through the door. Well, let's go for a walk. Um. Okay. Bring your coat. This is not a we're leaving right now walk. It could be so. <laughs> Take that as you will. She. I just mean it's cold outside, I think. Yeah, I think so. You hold your hand out the door. You pull it back. It is blue with icicles dripping from it. I think it's cold. She dons her wolfskin cloak and follows you out into the night air of Kresk. A light snowfall has begun. I talk so quiet. So quiet, Trevor. Like, so quiet. No one can hear us. The abbot is interesting but not what you need, unfortunately. What? Sorry. <laughs> the abbot is interesting, but not what you're looking for. What does that mean? Myri, please, I have been through so much. Just be straight with me. He's a creature, claims to be of goodness, of, I don't want to say God, but he's some sort of magical realm. He burns brightly with the sun and has wings, but he's not a servant of the Morning Lord. Part of me knew it was too good to be true. But damn me tonight, I still hoped. You could see tears welling up in her eyes. Where am I supposed to go? Myri puts her arm around her. I don't know if there's anywhere you can go. So what do I do? I think the only way out is through. I don't know if we can run. I don't... I just don't know. What do you know of the wizard? Everyone says he's supposed to be... I mean, by everyone I mean a spooky woman who is blind with some cards says he's supposed to be our ally, right? My ally. He came when I was a little girl. I don't know. I don't know anything about him except that he tried to take down Strahd and he failed. Like everyone has failed. Maybe I should just end things now. No. You don't talk like that. You are Rita Koyana. You are the daughter of your father and sister of your brother, and you will stand. Make a persuasion check. A natural 20. Fuck yeah. Oh, are we using high variance dice? I'm not, but we might be. Oh, She exhales. <sighs> steals herself. Pulls the wolf cloak around her tighter. She says, so then what? Us versus the beast? You want to find a wizard? You want to find a sword? Do you want to talk to some ghosts? Yes, yes, and maybe. Malala. Like, shakes her head side to side. (laughs) You were soaking wet, having just gotten off of this Abbey boat, talking to this, like, way too pretty rich kid. It's like, okay. Oh, all right. Yes, bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what do you do? We go back inside and go to sleep. Oh, okay. Is that what we're doing? We're allowed to stay there? They said we could stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We go sleep. Dag, uh, notice you coming. He goes, mm, come pull up some pig. <laughs> I lay, I lay on Bosco. There's an empty bed just hanging out over there. You all sleep out next to animals. Arena takes like one chicken like in between her legs and then like cuddles with another chicken and has one chicken under her head. <laughs> She's used to goose down. Do I get the benefits of a long rest? You get the benefits of a long rest. Bosco chased away the night hag that was sitting on your chest while you slept. You love to hear it. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to episode 95 of 1P D&D, with Beverly Jean as Myrie Stone daughter and Trevor Wade as everyone else. Joshua Penn Pearson did the intro, Alex Scribner did the outro, and that piece of music in the middle is Meditation from Jules Massenet's Thais, which was composed in 1892, 1893, which, if I understand fair use, means I can put it in a podcast. 
This episode was inspired by the Wizards of the Coast adventure Curse of Strahd. Big ups to Reddit user Mandy Maud for her fleshing out Strahd guide. And also huge thanks to our patrons, Michael, Peter, Dan, Anthony, Evan, and Aspen. Thank you all so very much. If you would like to join their esteemed adventuring company, head on over to patreon.com slash 1pdnd. It's one like the number, P like the letter, D like the letter, N like the letter, and D like the letter. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Remember, this podcast is only as cool as its community. So help it grow by telling your friends about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you encounter podcasts. We are coming up on our 100th episode, uh, and we have something very special planned for you to commemorate it. But we have a couple more to get through before we get there. The next episode is going to be up next Wednesday, September 15th. See you then.